Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Hello everyone, it's here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. The Box of Oddities is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to The Box of Oddities wherever you access your podcasts. But we hope you give CastBox a try. The curator is greatly pleased with CastBox. We think it's the best. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. And here we go. Once again. It's the box of oddities. It's this podcast that we do where we talk about weird things. That is Jethro. I am Kat. And thank you for joining us. (laughs) That was a nice little recap. Thank you. My thought is if people are listening, they know all that already. You'd think that. Yeah, but not necessarily. No. There are people who might be new or in the vehicle with someone else who's like, here, listen to this thing. That's true. That could be. I got to tell you this. A a cat (laughs) cat's been on me about trying to eat better, you know, because, well, I eat like crap most of the time. Mm -hmm. I have a steady diet of uh, Heineken and freezer cake. And occasionally egg salad. And and she's like, for the love of God, will you eat a salad once in a while? So I'm at the store and I pick up uh, some apples. Some pink ladies. Yeah. And so she comes home and I'm carving up an apple and I'm, I'm eating this apple. And she's, what, you're eating an apple? Yeah. You went to the store and you bought apples and you're eating them? And I said, yeah. And Kat goes, oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> I was concerned. (laughs) I figured you were either dying or cheating on me. (laughs) Something's going on. Something's something's amiss here. (laughs) Jethro's eating food that's not bad for him. 
But then I immediately stuffed the apple down with a box of Nutty Buddy bars. So. Right, yeah. All is right again with the world. <laughs> it's completely balanced out now. We've had some great messages from uh, some of you freaks, uh, people that have got their tickets to the February 27th show at Zany's Comedy Nightclub. We've got people coming in from, uh, we found out, Northern Ohio. Somebody's driving down Northern Ohio. Indiana, somebody coming in from Indiana. It's happening in Nashville, and we want you to be there. Uh, tickets are available now. Get them at theboxofoddities.com. Again, it's February 27th, Zany's Comedy Nightclub, Nashville, our very first live show. We would love to have you there to uh, experience that with us, uh, whether good or bad. We'll see. Right. <laughs> you know, you'll either see a very enjoyable show or you'll watch us crash and burn in front of people. Yee. And that could be exciting for you, too. Right. Either way, it works. I'm making sure to uh, refill my anxiety meds. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You go first this episode. Okay. Uh, I want to just give a shout out to Jen. Uh, Jen reached out on Instagram and said, hey, have you heard of this? And I had not. So let's talk about it, shall we? Here we go. The Odessa Catacombs. Are you familiar? No. Okay. So the Odessa Catacombs are a labyrinth-like network of tunnels located under the city of Odessa um, and its outskirts in Ukraine. They are mostly the result of stone mining. Uh, The system of Odessa catacombs includes underground structures like basements, bunkers, drainage tunnels, storm drains, as well as some natural caves. Some of it kind of just weaves in and out of each other, and um, some are deeper than others. The catacombs are on three levels. They reach a depth of about 200 feet below the city, and it's the world's largest labyrinth running up to 1,500 miles. 1,500 miles? It's longer than the uh, Pacific coast of the United States. My God. Uh, But they're also intertwiny and bendy and such uh, that you don't even have any concept of how far you've traveled into them because you're not going in a straight line. It's it's kind of creepy and bizarre. That and That's horrifying. It really is. It's one of, my, one of my deepest primal fears is to be trapped in a cave system and not know what direction I'm, I'm supposed to be going in. Right. And these caves um, are particularly dangerous in some spots because there is groundwater that comes up and floods sometimes. Mm. Um, some t- some of these tunnels are held up by like old support beams uh, made of wood, uh. you know, from the early 1900s. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> um, the next largest network of catacombs in the world is in Paris, and that's only one fifth the length of Odessa's. And, and the ones in Paris are full of old bones and stuff, too. As are these. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Is this going to be kind of like a as above, so below? No, because this will actually make sense. Okay, (laughs) that's good. That was my big pet peeve with, with that particular movie. I like movies to have a point. Going into these catacombs is not illegal. Um, There is one small portion of the catacombs that is officially open to the public, though, and that can be seen at the Museum of Partisan Glory. Um, That's just north of Odessa. During World War II, although the Soviets had been forced out of the city, they did leave behind dozens of Soviet-organized Ukraine rebel groups, and they were actually hidden below the city in catacombs. They hid there for as many as 13 months, 
literally below the noses and feet of the Nazis above. No kidding. There are still people who in the catacombs will find weapons that were stashed by uh, the Soviets. Um, proof that they were trying to live life as normally as possible underground, so playing games, checkers, uh, listening to music, that kind of thing, which blows my mind. I, I love that. I, I saw a documentary on uh, the Smithsonian Channel about um, a World War One bunker that they had Ooh. exhumed, and um, in it, on the wall, was written, Red Sox 3, Yankees 2. The rivalry even goes back (laughs) (laughs) to, well, clearly it does go back. I think it was right about the time they traded Ruth. I think that also it shows a bit of, you know, regardless of the situations that we're thrown into, we're still just people, you know, who have our our lives and our thoughts and our feelings. You know, we may be fighters in this incredible war but we're also just red sox fans you yeah know? <laughs> yeah or yankees fans or yeah yeah, yeah 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 but apparently this guy was a red sox fan because the red sox did win that game i'm just glad he didn't carve into the wall yankees suck <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that would have been a very very rude thing to do <laughs> Once the war was over, the catacombs became home to numerous smuggling and criminal groups uh, who widened and created new parts of the tunnel system. Um, It's been known to have been used uh, for people doing uh, various nefarious clandestine uh, activities. Rum runners and such. It's something like that. Um, After the end of the war, there was a club created called the Poisk. Uh, which roughly translates to search. The goal of that group was to trace the footsteps of Soviet history down into the tunnels and track as much of the tunnels as they could. There are maps depicting large areas of the tunnels under Odessa, but no one has ever managed to fully map the whole labyrinth of tunnels. Like I said, 1,500 miles plus. You can understand how uh, with all of these sneaky curvies, um, <laughs> people can get lost. It's a kind of, it's a dangerous place Absolutely. for sure. And that brings us to Masha, which was what Jen's original message was about, was okay. Masha. According to a post uh, on in 2009 on the Urban Explorers Resource blog, a catacombs explorer named Eugene Lata told this story, and it was the first time, uh, the, I guess the story had been told before uh, in their area, but it was the first time that it had been translated into English and kind of given to us lazy English speakers. <laughs> so the tale says that uh, New Year's Day 2005, or possibly New Year's Eve, a group of kids, uh, teenagers, uh, went to the catacombs to party, which, you know, it's below the city. It's definitely away from the prying eyes of dumb parents who want to keep you safe. (laughs) Um, It was a foggy night, and temperatures were around freezing, and there was a large group of kids who probably went there to, you know, drink and, Mm -hmm. and party. Sure. So they spark, stayed spark a bowl, right? Something like that. Yeah. So they uh, stayed for most of the night, celebrated into the new year, um, and then in the morning left. Unfortunately, either because she got lost or because uh, she was left behind intentionally, no one knows. Reportedly, Masha uh, was left behind. Now. 
the assumption is that she had gone off to like pee or something right. and tried to find a private place to do that, uh, but then got lost in the many twisty turnies. But her being lost, her having disappeared into the, the catacombs, uh, was not reported by the other kids, Ooh. maybe because they were scared mm. or for whatever reason. So about four months later, uh, word spread among cave explorers that there was a fresh body down there. Oh, no. And there is a photo that has been shared quite a bit, viral. Um, I had seen it before. I didn't know exactly the story of it, but I had seen it. Um, it shows three boys who look like they're, you know, teenagery, posing like they've just stumbled across this body. They all look, you know, pretty surprised. Um, and in between the photographer and these boys is a partially decomposed body. You can see mm. that the body was on its side. Its legs are bent kind of fetally. Okay. Um, but the top half is pretty much decomposed, you know, melty yeah. into yeah. into body soup. For whatever reason, uh, two years had passed, and uh, according to this blogger, Lata, um, no one had retrieved the body. Now, the story changes at this point as well. Um, he says that a friend of his was a journalist and that he wrote to government officials um, not knowing what he wrote or uh, what the implications were for those officials, but that right after that letter was written, the body was retrieved. Another, though, story claims that there was a man on the search for a missing boy. And while he was down in the catacombs searching for that missing boy, he came across this body, um, loaded it into a bag and brought the, yeah. the bits back. Um, but it ended up being the body of a woman um, they discovered afterwards. It's hard to say exactly what the truth is there. And that's probably because, according to official Odessa Catacombs website, the story of Masha is a lie. So besides that photograph, there's no proof that Masha existed or died. Oh, really? Um, there is uh, not one person, civilian or law enforcement, that can confirm the story. And uh, the official Odessa Catacombs website claims that they believe that the story is a practical joke and the corpse is a fake. Oh. However, that blogger, that guy, that Lata, um, still claims that... You know, he was there with that group of people who took that photo and that he saw it. Hmm. Um, it's hard to say. So um, it's kind of like an urban explorer's legend. Exactly. Yes. The urban explorer, one of Ford's lesser known models. That's true. Yeah. It was, um, a, it was a two door coupe, if I recall. <laughs> now, that's not to say, though, that the catacombs haven't been a dangerous place. Because the catacombs are so, I don't know, catacomby, mm -hmm. um, there are opportunities to take to utilize them for naughties. In I think it was 2015, there was a man who lured his girlfriend down there and killed her with a uh, an axe. And there. Wait, 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 wait! If somebody tries to lure you into catacombs mm. and they're carrying an axe, <laughs> um, no. No. Now, maybe maybe the axe had been stashed there beforehand. Or I, maybe he was saying, you know what, let's go chop some firewood in the catacombs. Right. 
That's possible. And um, according to sources, um, which, by the way, speaking of sources, I did use uh, Wikipedia, Atlas Obscura, and Vice, uh, various articles written sure. uh, in those. And according to those, uh, about five people a year uh, are found to have either died in the catacombs accidentally, have gotten lost, um, bodies have been found. You know, it, it just yeah. happens. Yeah. And, and that's kind of inevitable with the, the way, the nature of catacombs, I guess. I don't know. I've never been in a catacomb. Well, just the word catacomb conjures up... Uh it sounds horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would explore that. Maybe a little. Uh, okay, I would. a little. I, yeah, I definitely yeah, I would. Do a little. Yeah. Yes, okay. People do die down there. Um, people do bad things and there there are bodies still um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that they say are, are found down there. Uh, but this particular story of Masha, um, according to officials, is an urban legend. Sorry, I ruin everything. <laughs> well, allegedly an urban legend. Right, yes. Yeah, could be a government cover-up. And the thing is, like, I I did read uh, from a, many different sources the, the idea of what would have happened to Masha, and the stories can get very involved mm-hmm. and very detailed, even though there's no way of knowing even if it were true that those things had occurred, like how long she would have survived. And, you know, maybe she came across this mushroom farmer's stash Uh, and maybe this happened and maybe that happened. And eventually she, you know, there is, there's a lot of storytelling involved in this story, which makes me feel more like it probably is a folklore. Yeah. Well, that's that's what they say. If uh, somebody goes into great, great detail mm-hmm. in a story, it's probably a lie. Yeah. You know, because people don't remember things like that. There is something really creepy about being underground, though, and uh, we kind of experienced that this week. We did our photo shoot, mm-hmm. and we did it at uh, what was an asylum that was built in 1830? Something like that. In Bangor, Maine. And part of the photo shoot is underground in the original basement where the original cell blocks were. Yeah. And it was creepy. They also had cells up in the attic. And those cells at one point were padded up in the attic. Written on one of the walls was, Dear God, somebody please help me. That was creepy. Super creepy. Really creepy. Yeah, and it was bizarre because the building is now, you know, a lovely establishment where people reside. Yeah. Um, but the upstairs and the downstairs is, is like terrifying. Yeah. So it's like a really nice place sandwiched between <laughs> slices of horror bread. Yes, horror bread. In fact, the lower slice of horror bread where we were for part of our photo shoot inside these old 1830s cell blocks was right next to the original morgue. You could see where they had uh, they they would carve people up, mm-hmm. and then there was just like sort of like a body shoot, just a hole in the wall right. that they would just take the body and throw it through into the next room where where they had ice and things, and they would just keep it there. Right, and then on the other side there was a bricked up hole uh, where there was another shoot of sorts uh, that would take the various uh, bodily fluids and chemicals and such straight down into the river. Yeah, those were good times. It began as that stuff that didn't seem to fit anywhere else. It's become 
That thing in the middle. I have had such a hard time with airport security <laughs> in my days, and uh, it's never intentional. And I feel like the amount of nerves that it brings up in me when I do something accidentally, I yeah. can't even imagine the sweat that I would produce if yeah. I was smuggling something intentionally. Yeah, I got called into a customs office in Ecuador because, and we didn't know why. And I'm like, uh, this might be bad. I don't know what's going on here. It was because you had packed uh, dry shampoo in a, in a too large a container. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't like to wash my hair a lot. So you got pulled away from me in a foreign land. Yep. <laughs> it's terrifying. Anyway, a bunch of weird things people tried to smuggle through customs. Here we go. Number five. A pant leg full of pigeons. In uh, 2009, some Australian guy tried to clear customs with uh, pigeons in his pants. I'm 100% against smuggling of animals in any way, uh, shape, or form, because there's a reason why they're being smuggled in the first place. But also, the manner in which they are smuggled so often is just so upsetting. And I don't know how you people can live with yourselves, and I'm really upset about it. Cat's tangent complete. Number four, frozen goat meat stuffed with cocaine. Is that like a local delicacy? X-rays revealed that the square piece of meat uh, contained seven pounds of cocaine. Officials drilled into the meat, found it was stuffed with white powder, and it was, in fact, a coat. Number three, a gassed up chainsaw. <laughs> Somebody actually tried to bring a gassed up chainsaw in their carry-on luggage in 2012. I'm always struggling with the size of my carry-on. I how do you fit a chainsaw in there? Amazingly enough, the uh, <laughs> the passenger was allowed to board his flight and hang on to his chainsaw, although the gasoline was removed and confiscated. How how? They wouldn't let you on with your dry shampoo. This guy gets on with a chainsaw. Number two, Mr. Potato Head stuffed with ecstasy. So the goat meat didn't work. Let's try a Mr. Potato Head. A pair of California residents discovered uh, that this will not work. Uh, they were arrested after attempting to ship a Mr. Potato Head from Frankfurt to the U.S. that contained an ounce of crack cocaine hidden in the toy's back storage compartment in 2014. At least it was in the toy's back storage compartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you hide something in your back storage compartment, nothing ever good comes from that. And number one, miniature monkeys inside a lady's girdle. Of course, you've heard the term more bar more fun than a barrel full of monkeys, but apparently it's not as much fun as a girdle full of monkeys. Uh, officials noticed um, somebody acting nervously, and they noticed an unusual bulge under the shirt. Search revealed uh, the person was wearing a custom-made girdle that held 18 endangered miniature TT monkeys. He had 18 monkeys in his girdle. It was a guy, too, by the way. Not that guys can't wear girdles. I'm just saying that when I hear girdle, I immediately think women's lingerie. Is that wrong? Yes. A girdle is not lingerie. It's torture. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. So we want to welcome our, our newest sponsor to the Box of Oddities, ModCloth. And you were so excited when you oh found out that um, ModCloth was going to sponsor the box. I immediately downloaded the app and I cannot stop looking at their amazing clothes. 
and amazing gift ideas. This is something that I hadn't thought about with Mod Cloth before, but there's so many adorable things that people in my life will love to receive for the holidays. We call this time of year snuggle season. It's it's sweater weather. So if you're not already curled up in a sweater, then Mod Cloth has you covered. They've got tons of stylish outerwear, sure to make an impression. Amazing details, like this sweatshirt that I'm eyeing right now has little dinosaurs all over it. <laughs> And I cannot get enough. And I'm just showing it to everyone. I'm like, look at this sweatshirt. And because Mod Cloth believes fashion should celebrate all women, that's why they offer a full range of sizes from extra extra small to 4X. And if you've got a question about fit, their team of Mod stylists can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help. Some of their signature styles include hand-drawn prints, standout silhouettes, and skirts with full-on Christmas scenes on them. <laughs> Nutcrackers. There are snowy villages. There are things that you will wear to your holiday party that will blow people's friggin' minds. And isn't that what the holidays are all about? In fact, you've been uh, looking on the Mod Cloth app at dresses for our live show in Nashville in February. But I cannot decide. There are so many amazing she, yeah. things. She goes, help me decide here. It's between this one and this one and, and this one and, and that one and this one and that one. And then I found this one. It's a skirt with Santa cats all over it. Santa cats. To get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H dot com and enter promo code BOX at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on February 2nd, 2019. Again, that's 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. Go to modcloth.com and enter promo code BOX at checkout. You can use that code once and it expires February 2nd, 2019. So come on, get on it. Take advantage of that great deal and support the Box of Oddities. And get yourself a cute skirt and a belt. Did you see these shoes? Please don't listen to this podcast while operating heavy machinery. Because, you know, you couldn't hear the stories. This is The Box of Oddities. We just got this message from um, Amanda on Facebook. She says, I've created a monster. I decided yesterday to listen in the car to your podcast on my way home from work. And I stopped and picked up my children and headed home still listening. Well, today I did the same thing and my eight-year-old daughter asked me if we were going to listen to the people talk about weird things. I said yes, and she said, can we listen to the one about coffin births again? Because that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she says, gotta love her, she's just like me. Tiny baby freaks. We love them. In Cincinnati, Ohio, there's a very beautiful structure there. It's the Music Hall. They call it Music Hall. Uh, outside the city, it's more commonly referred to as Cincinnati Music Hall. It's it's really old. It's uh, It was built somewhere in the mid-1870s, and it has a reputation for being quite haunted. Quite haunted. Quite haunted. <laughs> Not just a tad haunted. Nope, nope. nope. Reports go back to uh, the 1890s. There are old newspaper articles from the 1890s talking about the night watchman working at Music Hall. Mm -hmm. And some of the weird things that uh, that he experienced. Mm -hmm. Typical things, you know, banging noises and oppressed feelings and, and just this this overall feeling of dread in the building. Sure. 
footsteps following him around and then would stop. He'd turn around. There's nothing there, that sort of thing. But it still happens to this day. And usually these stories come from the night watchman, I've noticed. Uh, the, The more recent stories, again, from... This one guy who was a night watchman there for decades, he said that uh, he would hear things and that whenever he walked by this elevator shaft, this cargo elevator shaft, he would just get this horrible feeling of dread and sadness, and he didn't understand why. In 1988, they were doing renovations at, uh, at uh, Music Hall, and he was on duty, and they were digging up the elevator shaft. They were down in the basement at the bottom of the elevator shaft, Mm -hmm. and they were excavating it. They were doing an expansion. Sure. And he just had this feeling that he needed to be there. So he went down, and he stood over, and he watched. And sure enough, as they were drilling the concrete, it broke through, and there was a chamber underneath. (sighs) He told the workers, reach down in there. Reach down in there. And they're like, we're not. No, no. No. There was a concrete crypt underneath the elevator shaft. And one of the uh, guys did reach down there. And the night watchman said, you're going to find bones down there. And they started pulling up bones after bones after bones. Was it Dr. Drake Ramore? Is that a friend's reference? (laughs) Good Lord. He died in an elevator shaft. Anyway, Everything goes back to a friend's reference. Okay, so crypt underneath the elevator shaft. Yeah, yeah. So he he said, I knew they were going to find bones there. I just knew that was going to be the case. And so why were these bones there? Good question. It was just a concrete crypt. And it looked like they had thrown in dozens of bodies. They were just all tangled up and jangled about. And uh, yeah, it was a big pile of bones. They weren't skeletons, you know, whole skeletons. It was a big pile of human bones. It wasn't people like gently laid to rest. It was just a pile. It was a pile. Oh my goodness. They'd just been thrown in there for some reason. Why were they there? And more importantly, the reason that they were there, did that lead to why this building has been so haunted over all these years. Is that more importantly? It is to me. Okay. Well, the history of Music Hall is uh, is pretty dark. On that site in 1818, it was actually a burial ground, a pauper's burial ground, a, uh, a potter's field, if you will. Whenever anybody died who was destitute or poor in Cincinnati, they were just kind of unceremoniously buried out here on this this plot of land. In the 1830s, there was a cholera epidemic. And so they needed land to build an orphanage for surviving children of of the cholera victims. And so they used this land, and there's no hard evidence that they really moved any of the bodies. So they build this orphanage on the land. On top of their dead parents? Could be. This was 1830. The orphanage was built. And it was an orphanage for 20 years. And when when children died there at the orphanage, which many did, they buried them on the ground in what was, at one point, the Pauper Cemetery. In the 1850s, the building's ownership changed hands. And so the kids that were buried on the grounds, those graves were marked. They moved those kids to uh, Spring Grove Cemetery. Okay. So they moved them in, in 1850. And the building became Sangerfest Hall, which 
was kind of a, a performing arts venue. Okay. And it stayed operational until 1875, and then the building was condemned. And so they, they tore it down. In 1876, construction began on Music Hall. While they were digging up the ground yeah. for construction for Music Hall in 1876, they found lots of bones that had not been moved. So you're thinking, well, that's probably the answer right there. But how did they get in a concrete crypt in the bottom of an elevator shaft that hadn't been built yet? Yeah. And then also there were records that the uh, the bones that were excavated during construction were interred at Spring Grove Cemetery. They they took those bones. There were boxes and boxes and boxes of them and took them out and, and, and put them in um, marked graves, a marked mass grave. Mm -hmm. So that didn't really explain where the bones came from. So in the 1920s, they were having the Golden Jubilee celebration for Music Hall. It was the 50th anniversary of Music Hall. And so they were doing some renovations mm -hmm. and they were digging in the basement and they were digging out from the side of the wall and they just dug right into a bunch of graves. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of, uh, they didn't know what to do with them. You know, do we take them out of the cemetery? And, and they decided that um, they would, it would be best if they just kind of kept it quiet. Oh, yes. It's always the best option. Yeah. Like, I've found bones. Let's not say anything. <laughs> well, the uh, the people who were in charge of the renovation decided the best thing to do, and, and, and I guess the city approved this, was to put a concrete crypt in. And with respect, it said in the uh, 18 or in the uh, 1920s newspaper article that I saw, reinter these bones in a concrete crypt which was at the base of what became the elevator shaft. How is that? That's not just nameless crypt under an elevator. Mm -hmm. That sounds nice. Yeah. That's what I want for my grandma. <laughs> I. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because they were poor, you see. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they'd been dead for over 100 years at that point. So... <laughs> But, uh, you know, they decided that that's what they would do instead of making a big spectacle out of it again, finding more bones. Uh, they just decided to move them from one part of the basement to the other and put them all in one sure. crypt. And they just tossed them in there and I'll all jumbled up. Put these over here, here with, with the, the rest, rest of, of the, the bones. bones. And there they stayed. And because it wasn't widely publicized, it was forgotten that that's why those bones were there. Right. So that answers the question as to how the bones got in the elevator. It also kind of gives you an idea of the history of the of the property and the building and the building before that was on that property. Right. Some pretty terrible things happened there. Could that have led to the um, alleged hauntings? Could it have led to restless spirits? Of of course, of course it could. Interestingly, when they when they went through all the bones, they could not separate them into individuals because they were just so jumbled up. But overwhelmingly, they were adult males. So they don't know if they dug into a certain part of the cemetery where it was mostly adult men. You know, maybe the women were buried someplace else. Did or... they do that? Did they separate dudes and ladies when they were burying them? I, I'd never heard of that, but mm -hmm. that was one of the speculations. They found no children. Well, they found a few children, but mostly they were adult men. Interesting. For whatever reason. So did they get all the bones? Yeah. Nope. No, they found more not. just this past April. Oh, no. Yep. They were digging under the orchestra pit, and they found a couple of uh, skeletons under the orchestra pit. I mean, 
you at a certain point you just stop digging <laughs> this is going to continue being a problem yeah. build up yeah clearly they didn't move any of the bodies no when they put the orphanage there they just uh, pretended oh. that they did or just moved a few to make it look like they did and then they right. just built the building right on top of yeah. it and it's like the subdivision and poltergeist. It's exactly what what that is. Yep. Yep. Now, when I was a kid, uh, we I grew up on uh, like kind of the side of a, a mountain, and it was forty two acres. We had you know a ton of land, so I would venture about on my own uh, quite often, yep. getting lost more than once. Mm-hmm. And uh, I became obsessed with this idea that. At any point that I was standing, there were probably bones underneath that ground. <laughs> and I still, every once in a while, I'll be out for a walk or something, and I'll still think of that. Like, there's probably bones right here, and if I dug far enough, I'd find them. And so I wish that there was some sort of, like, metal detector. Well, I guess there is a bone detector, but it's not exactly the same thing. I want a, I want a human remains detector <laughs> is what I want yeah. to have. Because I want to be able to discern what it is before I start digging for it. Sure. I think that's wise. It doesn't have to be human remains. Just remains. I'd be thrilled to find, like, a saber-toothed tiger. Old remains, though. Not like uh, the corpse of a recently buried uh, murder victim. I mean, no, I'd be into finding that, too. I would help solve a crime. Oh, that's true. Lifelong dreams Mm -hmm. being met. So that's the uh, very sordid history of Cincinnati's Music Hall. That's amazing. An episode I like to call Bones in an Elevator, Digging Him Up All Those Bones in the Ground, Bones in an Elevator. Wow. Now, Steven Tyler's going to sue me. You're going down. Going down. That was bad. That was horrible. Um... I do have to say that uh, as soon as you said Cincinnati Music Hall, I started obsessing in my brain about that phrase, Cincinnati Music Hall, Cincinnati Music Hall, Cincinnati Music Hall, and I couldn't figure out what what, what it was triggering in my brain, <laughs> and then I remembered when I was, uh, when I was a youngin, my friend Stephanie had asked for Christmas, the new Alanis Morissette album, Jagged Little Pill, uh, from her parents. And so her dad went to uh, Strawberries to procure this wish for his daughter and uh, then proceeded to argue with the salesperson for some time about whether or not they had an album called Atlantic Music City because he didn't understand that Alanis Morissette was someone's name, and so he assumed that it was Atlantic Music City. Ah, and I see. Uh, the woman was like, we don't have an Atlantic Music no. City album. That's not a thing. And he was like, yes, you do. My daughter says you have it. <laughs> <sighs> oh, good times. Yeah. Remember those days of yore when we would go to what were once called music stores and procure physical objects known as CDs? And albums. It was a good time. Maybe get a delicious salted pretzel from Pretzel Time while you were at it. Well, that was fun. Any hoozle. We're going to be in Nashville on the 27th of February, and we would love to have you come and join us for the live show. And we'll be back here on Thursday. Right. On the podcast machine that you listen to. On the podcast machine. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. And fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. So, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, 
it's been requested by those I report to to beseech you for assistance. The Box of Oddities is free. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.